Welcome to the Andrea Ingstrom Show. I am passionate about helping you break through to your next level of abundance, success, and freedom so that you can create the life you desire and inspire others to do the same. I'm your host, Andrea Ingstrom, and on today's show, we're going to talk about forging your own path. So I've talked to a lot of women recently who are struggling because they're trying to create a business based on what other people around them are doing. And it's very important to follow proven principles for success. But I want to tell you today, your business and your path doesn't have to look like everybody else's. So when I first got into real estate investing, I saw all these people around me that were um, marketing and doing, you know, doing direct marketing, text messages, uh, ringless voicemail, setting up CRMs, downloading big lists and doing direct mail or cold calling. Um, and I looked at that and I was like, I don't want to do that. And even though I used to run a branding and advertising agency and I'd be perfectly comfortable setting up marketing campaigns, um, I just knew that, you know, setting up all the technology behind that stuff and having to do a bunch of cold calling is not really in my strengths. It's not really what I enjoy. And I wanted to create a business on my terms. I wanted to create a business that leveraged my strengths, not something that I felt would feel like I have to struggle through every day. And so I looked around me at what everybody else was doing and I said, "Mm -mm, that's not going to be me. I'm going to do it differently. And so that's why I started having referrals conversations because I would much rather leverage my skill building one-to-one relationships and sharing with people, you know, what I am working on and learning about what they're working on and seeing how we can work together. Um, I'd much, much rather spend time doing that than spending time cold calling or something, you know, and I knew that that wouldn't be in my strength. And so I focused on the thing that I'm, I know that I would be better at. And I, I want to encourage you, the number of women that I've talked to recently who think that their business has to look a certain way and they have to do it a certain way based on what other people who are successful are doing. That doesn't mean that's you. You don't have to struggle through doing things the way that other people do them in order to create the success that you want in your life. And I want to give you another example. So I was on a coaching call um, earlier this week with a gal in one of my mastermind groups um, who said, Andrea, I still feel like I'm struggling with clarity. And she's a very successful person. And she really wants to have real estate be her life. Cause sometimes when you create a successful career and you've spent a lot of money and a lot of years in school in order to get into that career, you get to a successful place in your life and it doesn't give you the freedom that you hoped that you, you would feel when you arrived at that place. And if you're listening this to, to this today and you can relate to this concept of golden handcuffs where you're successful and you make a lot of money, but you don't have the freedom that you really want. Or you're listening to this and you say, I've, I'm pretty successful and I make enough money to pay my bills and it scares the crap out of me to think about leaving that in order to forge my own path and create a business that supports me and my family at the level that I need to. That's terrifying. But, but what really got me about this conversation is that she, for the last more than a year, has been struggling to create a business doing wholesaling which means you're marketing and then you're trying to get a property under contract from a distressed seller. And then you're assigning that contract. So you're helping people who need to sell their home quickly, 
by making them a cash offer and then you're um, finding an in buyer. So you're, you're solving a big problem for people, but you're doing that just for the commission and it doesn't create long-term wealth because once that deal is done, the deal is done. It's kind of like being a real estate agent in some ways where when a deal closes, you get a commission check and then the income from that deal stops, right? You know what I'm talking about? So she's been struggling to get leads coming in and to be able to get something under contract and then assign that deal. And, and I, and I started talking to her about her situation and I said, let's upset the apple cart and upsetting the apple cart is a term that I learned from my dad. Who's a really amazing business coach. Um, his name's Earl Kemper. If you all are familiar with him, but, but, uh, my dad taught me this concept Upsetting the apple cart is basically where you take what is currently in your, in your situation and you dump it all out and you say, what if that weren't the deal? What if we didn't have to do it that way? In fact, let's pretend for a moment you can't. And so I said, hey, let's pretend for a moment that you're not a wholesaler. You can't do wholesaling for some reason. We don't, it doesn't matter why, Right. Because a lot of us will, will put parameters around ourselves and we'll, we'll decide what we can't or can you know, what we, what we can or cannot do based on external factors or rules around us or whatever. And, and some, usually those are beliefs that are, are not actually true. And so she thought because everybody around her um, that was doing something in real estate was doing wholesaling and they were marketing in this way and trying to get their systems going in this way, that that's what she had to do too. But when I asked her about her situation, I learned that she had a large pile of money and I, it, it, because she had done some smart things and refinanced some things and, and came into some money because of it. And, um, she had, you know, lined up her life pretty well to set herself up to be able to do something now. And I said, most people who are doing the things that you're doing in wholesaling are doing it so they can get to the point where you are actually at right now in your life. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. I want to tell you, I've had a similar conversation with at least 20 women in the last year. And I'm not kidding you. At least 20 women in the last year where I've had this conversation where they were going down a path, doing a strategy that they didn't need to do, but they were doing it because they thought they should or had to because it's what everybody else was doing. But in her situation, she had options. So because she had done some smart things over the years, she could, she could take some of that money and put, you know, get, get it, get deals going and furnish some midterm rentals and set and have some down payments and some cash available. And, um, and I said, you don't need to work with unconventional lenders. You have an amazing income. And before you go quit that, that job, why don't you leverage that and go talk to a bank? Because a bank is going to love your financial situation and is going to be willing to do some things for you that most of the other people that are struggling to get started in real estate are not able to access. And so the concept is we put parameters around ourselves based on external factors that may or may not have anything to do with our situation. And so you may be in a situation, and I want to give you another example because I've had similar conversations like this one, where there's there's people that I'm talking to that are like, well, I'm really struggling to get started and and I feel like I have to, you know, do all of this marketing and do all these things. And and I'm like, okay, what if you didn't? What if you didn't have to do that? What if instead you could simply sell your house and leverage the income from the equity in your house? 
and move wherever you want to live. Cause some, a couple of them have told me, well, I really want to live across the country, but I'm stuck at, I'm stuck here because I don't have enough cash to do the things I want to do. And I'm like, girl, you got $300,000 equity in your house, sell your house take some of it to get yourself set up in the new place and then use the rest of it to buy more property. And this is just my philosophy and I'm not giving you financial advice here because I'm, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a CPA. I'm not any of those things. But for me personally, I would rather, if I, I would rather have $2 million worth of property with a little bit of equity each in those that were income producing I get checks in the mail. Somebody else's rent checks are covering my mortgages on those that is building me wealth over time. Then for me to have three or $400,000 of equity in my own primary residence where I live, that is earning me no money that is earning like, and, and I'm the one who has to pay for that. Right. Does that make sense? Are you guys clicking with this? So we, we think that because somebody one time said you have to pay off your house that you live in, you have to own your home and you have to work towards paying it off that somehow that, that that's always the right thing to do. But I'm here to tell you, you get to choose, you get to forge your own path. You know, when my family and I decided to move from Kansas to Colorado, we made that decision very quickly. We took a vacation a couple summers ago to a sweet little whitewater rafting town in Colorado. And, um, and we were, we were traveling a couple different places in the state and we just had our, the last 24 hours of our vacation. We went whitewater rafting and then we spent the rest of the, the time in the, this little town. And as we were walking around the town, we looked around and we said, oh, this is gorgeous. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could live here? This feels like home. And we made a decision that night within, I think with, it was within eight hours of rolling into town we made a decision that we were going to move here. And, and, and so this was the first time in our life that we didn't have, um, my oldest daughters going back and forth between their, their dad's house and my house. And we didn't have a big team of people that we were running a business in that area before we had sold our business the year before. And we, um, but we had, uh, just started our real estate investing business uh, about, six months before this vacation. And so we had five active construction projects going in Kansas and we decided to move away. Uh, you know what though? We decided like, Hey, guess what? We make the rules. And we decided we wanted to move before school started again. And so we spent 24 hours in this little town. And then six weeks later, we rolled up with a moving truck and we put it off. Like we, we got, had a house under contract, but then it turned out to be not the right deal. And so we let that contract go. And then it was two weeks before we were supposed to move here and we didn't have a place to move into. And so I started frantically looking for a rental house because we said, because we were like, well, we decided to move there. We had a house. It's not going to work out, but guess what? We make the rule. We don't have to live in a house that we own just because we can we can choose to make our life look like whatever we want it to. And so in a community um, where house prices are very, very high, rent is actually a little bit more affordable than a mortgage. And so the house that I live in that I rent, I pay $2,400 a month rent. And if it was a mortgage on this value of property, it would be about $5,500 a month. And so I choose to rent right now. And at the time that we signed a lease agreement, we owned 10 properties 
today I rent my, um, I rent my town home that I live in with my family and I own 10 doors. Isn't that silly? So I rent a house I live in, but I own 10 other doors and I, and I get rent from other people. But, but think about that. Okay. Somebody else the, the, the income from the rental properties I own, someone else is paying my rent. And so I create rental properties so that it covers my, my, my personal expense bills. So if, if you could build rentals, so imagine this, okay, if you could build rentals or create rental properties and the income from those were enough that it covered your rent on you living in a beautiful place that you want to live. Do you really care that you don't actually own the place that you live in? Or would you rather, so would I rather own the house I live in or would I rather own 10 rental properties? I think I'm going to pick 10 rental properties right now. And some of you are like, both, do both. And that's a great idea too. And we're getting ready to, to build a house. Um, but we, but we took a little bit of time to get to know the area and to, you know, pile up some money and some do some different things and leverage in different ways. But, but here's the thing. If I were following the path that I learned when I was going through the, um, the debt snowball, y'all know what I'm talking about. When I, when me and my husband got out of debt, when, um, when we first got married, I, we paid off $50,000 in student loans and we thought it would take us years. We did that in 18 months. And I, I, uh, I'll, I'll do another session on that because that's a pretty good story too. But, um, but we, you know, when we were in that process of getting out of debt, we went down to being a one car family. We moved into a place that was $450 a month. And we really embraced this idea of we are going to live like no one else right now. So later we can live like no one else. And we learned some really good lessons from that. First of all, just because everybody else has two cars doesn't mean you have to have two cars. If you could swing it as a one car household while you are working on some major financial goals, do it, do it. If you can move into something with super affordable rent and today you guys are like, how did you find something for 450 a month? We bought a fixer upper and we moved into it. That was what that was, our first house that we bought together was uh, $72,000 and it was in uh, right on the edge of a great neighborhood and it needed a ton of work. And so we rolled up our sleeves and we spent 40 hours a week outside of our day jobs doing physical labor to make that house livable. And then we moved in it with my kids and, and my husband and we made a life there, right? But it was only $450 a month mortgage. And so we, we were a one car family in a paid off car living in a house that only cost $450 a month um, mortgage. And it allowed us to make different kinds of decisions, then if we were worried about, well, it has to be this way and it has to look this way and it has to be at a certain level of whatever, I think sometimes we think, you know, and sometimes it's based on what we think we deserve or like, oh, I've worked really hard my whole life. I deserve to drive a $50,000 car now. But in reality, you're slaving it away at a job just because your bills are too high. Is that what you choose? You can make your own way. You can make bold decisions about what you want your life to look like and not care about what everybody else thinks. One of the time, one time when I was getting, I was first getting into real estate, I was, I felt like I had to work in a job in order to have insurance in some kind of a, a group plan. And I, 
you know, and I thought that for years, because even when we were building our agency, we like we had we were part of a group plan that we put in place. And that's how we had insurance. And and I had just never done independent all by myself insurance. And I thought it was going to be crazy expensive and we couldn't do that. And then finally, you know, and so I use that as an excuse. I can't quit having a day job because I need insurance. You ever think that to yourself? If you're listening to this and you have a W-2 or some, you you have a job of some kind, did, have you ever told yourself that? Well, I can't quit yet because I need insurance. Well, guess what? I said, I upset the apple cart and said, okay, well, it's not an option anymore. Uh, let's just pretend like I don't have an option of having a day job. Uh, what can I do? Okay. So then I, I said, I can call help, you know, insurance agents and figure out what my options are. I can do some research online. And so then I, once I finally did the research, I found out that it was going to save me. I found a plan that was like major medical and it cost half of what my portion was that I was paying of my insurance in my day job at that time. It was a belief I had in my head that was holding me back because I said, well, Look, see, everybody else, everybody talks about you have to have a job in order to have affordable insurance and you can't do it on your own. But, and, and I didn't question that until one day I questioned that. And I want to encourage you to question everything. What are the excuses that you're using for not quitting your day job if that's what you really want to do? Is it the, how much your car payment is? Is it how much your insurance would cost if you don't do it? Like do your homework and figure those things out. Some people keep working for years in a job because they don't even know what it would actually cost them to live if they didn't have that job. Because so many of our expenses in our life are because we work, not paid for. Like we're not paying for our life because we work. We're having to pay for things because we work. It's not, we don't pay for things out of our job. Like our expenses are higher because we work a day job. We have, we have transportation costs. We drive a certain type of car. We wear a certain type of clothes. We have daycare. We have all the other things that go into having to afford different things. And it's all, so much of it is because we have a job. And so we work that job because we have a job instead of taking the time to figure out how skinny can I make my bills so that I have choices. I want to share with you today um, for us, one of the most transformational things, like decisions that we made uh, early, early when we were first getting out of debt, we made a decision to only drive cash, you know, cars that we paid cash for that we could afford um, to pay cash for. And we would never get a car loan again. Right. We made that commitment to each other. And today, I mean, I could go and buy a car. I've got some money in the bank. I've, my businesses are doing well. Um but we've just adopted this mentality that that's not a big important value to us to drive nice vehicles or drive super fancy things. And so I drive a, a Toyota Sienna minivan that's over a decade old that is probably worth $12,000 if I tried to list it on online and sell it. Like it is not an expensive vehicle. And I never thought that I would be one to drive a minivan. I cringed about it. My mom bought a minivan. And she drove a minivan for years and it was so practical and helpful that when I got into real estate, I kept borrowing it from her because it was so handy to fill, fill with all the, you know, when I was staging properties, I'd be like, mom, can I borrow the van? Okay. And you can put the seats down and all of these things. But I resisted that for so long because I cared what other people 
thought about it. I think I don't want to be like a dork driving a minivan. And, um, and if you're a, also a minivan driver, like myself, uh, like, you know, dorks unite, like embrace it. It's super pr practical. It's very handy. Awesome on trips. I don't even apologize for it anymore. I'm like, check it out, get inside, check out how many, how many cup holders there are. It's amazing. Right. Um, if you know, you know, so I used to say I'd never do that because I thought a, th a certain way about it, or I worried what people thought about it. But today I worry more about it. Is, is my life working for me instead of what do other people think? Or is it really what I deserve at this stage of my life and my success and whatever? But the reality is I'm gonna, probably going to continue driving that for a while because it runs really well and it looks fine and it's really helpful for the kids. And I would rather spend $10,000 this year taking my adult children on a, an amazing cruise than going in like doubling the value of my vehicle or tripling the value of my vehicle. My priorities are different. You get to create a life that aligns with your values today. And if you are pursuing goals that are based on who you used to be, what your previous values were, or based on someone else's expectations of you, then I want to encourage you to upset the apple cart. And ask yourself the question, does it have to be this way? What if I could no longer pursue that goal? It's out of my hands. What would you do instead? The number of women that I've talked to who, who have told me they want to get started on their own business, but first they have to finish their PhD. And I, and I, I would say, hey, five minutes ago, you just told me you want to quit teaching. Why are you working so hard to get your advanced degree so that you can like next level your career as a teacher? That doesn't make any sense. And they're like, well, I started down that path and now I've, I've only got, you know, a year and a half left. And I said, but you just told me the biggest desire of your heart is that you want to quit that job. Why would you spend another almost two years working towards a goal that is no longer your goal? It's someone else's expectation of you or whatever it is. And we tell ourselves stories about what it would mean about us if we were to change those goals. We, we tell ourselves stories about what other people would think about us if we were to do something different. But I want to challenge you today to be bold. I want to challenge you that you get to make your own choices. You get to design a life that you love because it is only when you design a life that you love that you can inspire others to do the same. And for me, that's, that's a big part of my purpose in life is to create the quality of life that I desire and become, become the person that I need to be who will create that life and then inspire others to do the same. So if you are trudging along in your day job and you are waiting to start your business or to really kick it up a notch because you feel like you have to be at a certain point or you have to do certain things before you do it. But in reality, you could slash your bills. You could make some like you could cut some things out of your budget stop caring what other people think and do what you need to do to make the life you desire to create a life that lights you up that makes you excited i say create a life that you don't feel the need to escape from so much of the money that we spend when we're working in a day job goes to making ourselves feel better because we have to work a day job y'all know what i'm talking about if you find yourself having an extra glass of wine at night if you find yourself mindlessly scrolling social media until late into the night 
and trying to escape reality or just calling, you call that self-care, right? I've been there. And in your mind, you're like, oh, this is the only moments that I've had to myself because during the day I'm working my job and during the night I'm working my business. And I really just am trying to catch a break here and get some, get, get some time to myself. And so we'll do things to try to escape. What I want for you, what I want for all of us is to create a life that you do not feel the need to escape from. Be bold, forge your own path. Today, I want to challenge you to practice upsetting the apple cart in your life. If there's something that you are struggling with a decision about, or maybe you've been trying to do the same thing and like, well, it's like working for everybody else. Why is it not working for me? Let's go through an exercise together here and say, okay, well, upset the apple cart. What if I could no longer do that thing that everybody else is doing? What would you do instead? What would you do instead? Make a list of the things that you can do and then decide what you will do and get to work. You are the only one. You are the only one who can make the choices to change your life. And if you want support in making some of those big decisions, you want to gain more clarity in your life and in your business. I want you to join me for a free training for women entrepreneurs on how to build your personal clarity, your confidence, and make powerful connections so that you can increase your income and live your best life and inspire others to do the same. You can register for free for my training at andreaengstrom.com. I've created it for you and I'm so excited to, to share that with you. And if something on the, the show today resonated with you, would you just let me know? Give me a review on the podcast, thumbs up, stars, whatever, whatever it is and where you're listening, or if you're on YouTube, um, leave me a comment. And if you're a woman entrepreneur, join my Facebook group, Bold Women in Business Sisterhood, where I share strategies for clarity, confidence, and powerful connections so that you can build the business and the life that you deserve. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ingstrom encouraging you to take action on your dreams. You are the one who makes your dreams come true. Show up to your life with power and authenticity. Be bold, be tenacious, and make it happen.